Oh, oh, oh. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everyone. My name is Nachum Siegel. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Uh, many of uh, you are waking up to the news that we woke up to just a little while ago about a terrorist attack in Yerushalayim in the Harnof neighborhood, a neighborhood that, uh, for those of us familiar with Yerushalayim, we always looked at and uh, felt it was uh, somewhat isolated and in the northwest corner of the city where if a terror attack would take place in Jerusalem, this would probably be the last place, the last area that someone would suspect uh, that it would happen. And today in a synagogue, in a shul that is very familiar to many of us, on Rehov Agassi, on uh, Agassi Street in the Harnof neighborhood of Petach Tikva. Uh, there was a terrorist attack where terrorists entered the shul during Shachris and started shooting and hacking people with hatchets. And the result is that uh, some of our brethren are dead, others are injured. And this is a, I think one can say, even with the circumstances going on in Israel and Yerushalayim now, and what we've seen in the middle of the city in different areas in the last few weeks, this is certainly... An extra shock to everybody, not just the terror attack, which is shock in and of itself, and the number of orphans that are going to be left from this terror attack will be in the 20s, at least. So that is certainly a shock that has to be uh, overcome, but that it was in this neighborhood of Harnof, again, one that uh, seems to always be regarded and seems to be in a more isolated area of town where no one would ever suspect that something would happen. Uh, that's where it happened this morning. Uh, there are many uh, updates, many different news items that have um, come through the web since this first happened. <clears throat> uh, there are a lot of angles to this story. And um, we'll try to sort everything out and let you know what there is to know 
throughout the morning. One of the four victims, according to the Jerusalem Post, one of the four victims in this um, deadly terrorist attack at a shul in the Harnof area of Yerushalayim was the leader of a local yeshiva, Rabbi Moshe Tversky, 60-year-old head of the English-speaking Torah Moshe Yeshiva. That's one that would be very familiar to this audience was the first victim of the attack to be named. The funeral is scheduled for 2 o'clock today in Givat Shaul. Rabbi Tversky was the eldest son of the renowned rabbi and author Rabbi Yitzchak Tversky of Boston, grandson of Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, lived in Harnov, close to the B'nai Torah Shul, where the terror attack was carried out. His funeral will be held at 2 o'clock today. He was the head of the Torah Moshe Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. The Prime Minister of Israel said in his initial reaction to the Harnof terrorist attack, Tuesday's murderous attack in Yerushalayim, is a direct result of incitement led by Hamas. PA President Mahmoud Abbas and irresponsibly ignored by the international community. We will respond decisively to the horrific murder of Jews who came to pray and were killed by despicable murderers, he said. Netanyahu will convene Tuesday afternoon an emergency Security consultation. Shortly after the attack, Foreign Minister Avigdor Lieberman charged Abbas of intentionally turning the Arab-Israeli conflict into a religious one between Muslims and Jews. The Foreign Minister said Abbas was doing this through wild incitement, including characterizing Jews as impure and unable to go up to the Temple Mount, which gives the green light for these types of attacks. The international community must denounce the anti-Semitic words of Abu Mazen that leads to horrible acts of slaughter like that carried out this morning in a synagogue and make it clear to him that those who act in this way cannot be a legitimate statesman, he said. Responding to the terror attack in Yerushalayim, Defense Minister Moshe Yalon vowed to strike down terrorism. He said, we will fight it with determination. And we will not allow anyone to disrupt our lives and harm us. We will pursue those carrying out the attacks and those who send them in every place and every way inside the borders of Israel and outside of them. It is uh, sometimes hard to believe the officials who uh, who make statements like this. Let's hope that they'll, in fact, be able to put an end to this and put an end to it as soon as possible. One of the victims remains in a grave condition with a gunshot wound to his head. A second is less seriously wounded by gunfire. A third victim is in light condition. They're talking about those who were injured in the attack this morning. That was a report from Sharit Sedek Hospital. At 10.41 Israel time, 
there were specific people that uh, were asked to be prayed for in terms of their recovery. Shmuel Yeruchim ben Bela, Chaim Yechiel ben Malka, Avram Shmuel ben Shena. The terrorists responsible for the slaughter in Kehilat B'nai Torah and Harnof were identified as Uday and Gassan Abu Jamil, cousins from Jerusalem's Jabil Muchabar neighborhood. One of them was released in the second goodwill prisoner release by the current government about 18 months ago. Mayor of Yerushalayim near Barakat said, Jerusalem bows its head in pain and sorrow on this difficult morning. Jerusalem residents peacefully praying in a synagogue were cruelly slaughtered in cold blood while wearing their talisim. I promise Jerusalem residents that we will continue to fight terror with full force and we will do everything in our power to restore peace and security to Jerusalem. I call on Israel's national government and security forces to provide Jerusalem with all the support necessary to fight terror. I call on the international community to strongly condemn this horrific act. We will not surrender to terror. We will stand strong and defend our city from those who try to disturb the peace of our capital. The attack occurred about 7 a.m. Yushalayim time. Two residents, two terrorists, residents of East Yushalayim, entered Kehilas B'nai Torah at 5 Agassi during Tfilat Shacharis, armed with axes and a handgun. They opened fire, began swinging in every direction, Two policemen were nearby, and they headed to the direction of the gunfire. They engaged the terrorists, and the two terrorists were killed in the shootout. One of the policemen was wounded. Four of those who were davening were murdered during davening as a result. Eight others transported to trauma units of Hadassah and Sharet Tzedek. According to Hadassah, one of the wounded was in life-threatening condition, as of this report. At Sharet Tzedek, at least one of the wounded is listed as serious. So that is the uh, that is the latest from Israel, a terrorist attack in a place where many of us would never have suspected in the Harnof neighborhood in northwest Jerusalem at 5 Rehov Agassi. The names of those who are being asked for prayers are Chaim Yechiel ben Malka, Eitan ben Sara, Shmuel Yerucham ben Bela, Avraham Shmuel ben Shena, and Aryeh ben Bracha. There are at least four dead in the attack. We mentioned that uh, the name of Rabbi Torsky, the head of Taras Moshe Yeshiva, has been released as one of the victims. His funeral is later today. More coming up as we find out more right here at JM in the AM.
the car he sell, I look around each way. Came here to dive and make the most of my stay. I gaze at the wall, look up to the sky. Hearts filled with emotion, tears well up in my eyes. Standing beside me, a strimal he does wear. He's humming a nigger, I stray to hear his long flowing pain. Swaying to and fro as he dives for all the people he knows. Though we may seem so different, so very far apart, we call out together.
lift our eyes to you, to our Father in heaven, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Though we may seem so different, so very far apart, we call out together, forever close at heart. Our voices in prayer, uniting every two. We are all brothers. J.M. and the A.M. I'm not quite sure what other words we could use this morning in light of the uh, news from Israel. The terrorists do not discriminate, reminiscent of uh, many great evil people in uh, in history. They do not discriminate. They don't know who is who. They don't care who's who. A Jew is a Jew to them. And sure enough, these two animals walked into a shul in Harnof. At five, Rachov Agassi, a place where I've been a million times, and um, with a gun and with hatchets and with a knife, uh, proceeded to kill four people, four distinguished people from the Harnof neighborhood, four names that will be very familiar to people around the world. And, of course, uh, others injured in this horrific attack, and we pray for their uh, recovery. We pray for their speedy recovery. And we wonder, we wonder, as the former chief of police in Yerushalayim said in a statement earlier today, everybody who owns a gun in Yerushalayim should be carrying it. And we wonder what's going to be with the security of our people, even in what uh, is usually regarded as quiet, isolated areas of Jerusalem. For some reason, when it's in the center of town or it's in a place where we would expect an attack, for some reason, uh, it's not as jolting, terribly so. But uh, here in this attack, in a completely unexpected place, a place that does not generally have security guards at their shuls or public places, a place that they would never suspect that a member of the enemy would infiltrate. This is certainly going to have a, a tremendous effect on the people of Yerushalayim and on the security procedures in Yerushalayim. Again, um, the synagogue at uh, Rehov Agassi number 5 in Harnof was the scene at 7 o'clock Israel time this morning of this terrorist slaughter during Shacharis. Four people dead, or by Tversky of uh, Yeshiva Torah Moshe, has already been identified as one of the victims. Um, that funeral is going to be taking place. Funeral is going to be taking place very, very shortly in Jerusalem. The two terrorists were killed by police. And... Um, they were from East Yerushalayim. The New York Times, it's always interesting to see how they report on on horrific stories like this. Their headline is, Four Killed in Jerusalem Synagogue Complex. And they write, Two assailants armed with a gun, knives, and axes stormed a synagogue complex 
in an ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhood of West Jerusalem on Tuesday morning, killing at least four worshippers during morning prayers, according to the police. The attack was one of the deadliest in the city in several years. Police officers who arrived at the scene shot and killed the attackers. Within two hours, Israel security forces had stormed Jabal Mukabar, the Palestinian neighborhood of East Jerusalem, where the assailants were believed to have lived, spraying tear gas at their family home and into hills of olive trees. A neighbor identified the attackers as Odai and Ghassan Abu Jamal, who were cousins. She said that Ghassan was in his 30s, had two children, and that Odai was in his 20s and unmarried. Mickey Rosenfeld, a spokesman for the Israeli police, said an investigation was underway to see whether the suspects were affiliated with any terrorist organizations like Hamas or Islamic Jihad. Ynet said the two were related to one or more of the 1,000 Palestinians released from Israeli prisons during a 2011 exchange for an Israeli soldier who was captured five years earlier by Hamas. Prime Minister Netanyahu called the attack the direct result of the incitement led by Hamas, the militant Palestinian faction, and by President Mahmoud Abbas of the PA and set a security consultation for noon. We will respond with a heavy hand to the brutal murder of Jews who came to pray and were eliminated by despicable murderers, he said in a statement. Abbas condemned the killing of civilians from any side and the whole cycle of violence, according to the official Palestinian news agency. It was his first official condemnation of violence during the recent spate of deadly attacks in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and the West Bank. At least a dozen others at the synagogue were wounded, according to the director of Magin David Adom. Two, including a police officer, were in critical condition. Two others were in serious condition, not Hadassah. The target of the attack was Kehilat B'nai Torah, a complex that houses several synagogues on a quiet street in the Harnof neighborhood. Aryeh Deri, a legislator from the Shas party who lives in Harnof, said this is a central synagogue in the neighborhood. Jews who came to pray are lying on the synagogue floor in their tefillin and talit, referring to the ritual phylacteries and prayer shawls. The attack came at a time of heightened tensions in Jerusalem, fueled in large part by a dispute over a sensitive holy site in the old city, known to Muslims as the Noble Sanctuary and to Jews as the Temple Mount. And the article continues with some of the recent history of things that have happened in the uh, in the region. Secretary of State Kerry, who was in London Tuesday, denounced the attack as a pure act of terror, called on Palestinian leaders to condemn it. I call on the Palestinian leadership at every single level to condemn this in the most powerful terms, Kerry said before meeting with his British counterpart. Kerry said he had discussed the attack with Prime Minister Netanyahu by phone Tuesday morning, and it was particularly egregious because it followed a recent meeting in Amman, Jordan, which the Israeli leader had sought to ease tensions by restoring access to a Muslim holy site in Jerusalem. Kerry called Abbas from London to express support for his statement condemning to attacks, the attacks and to urge him to do everything possible to de-escalate tension. He agreed to stay in close touch with both leaders. In Gaza, some people celebrated by shooting in the air and praise for God. And the so-called martyrs poured from mosque loudspeakers. They said, God is great. We praise God for the victory and dignity in Jerusalem, and we say the martyrs are now in paradise. 
Right-wing politicians blamed Abbas of the PA for the attacks. They say that Abbas has been fomenting violence by accusing Israel of trying to change the status quo at the holy site, at which non-Muslims are allowed to visit only during certain hours and are not to pray openly. Netanyahu has repeatedly said that he does not intend to change the rules, but members of his Likud party and ministers in his government are among those who have supported legislation calling for increased Jewish access and prayer and who have visited the site fueling tensions. Naftali Bennett, the economy minister and head of the Jewish Home Party, called Abbas one of the greatest terrorists the Palestinian people sprouted and said he bears direct responsibility for Jewish blood spilled in Talit and Tefillin. Avigdor Lieberman, the foreign minister, said Abbas had deliberately turned the conflict into a religious conflict between Jews and Muslims. The international community should condemn Abbas's anti-Semitic statements, which led to terrible massacres, as happened this morning, he said, and make it clear that those who act in this way cannot be seen as legitimate political figures. Witnesses told Israeli radio they heard 15 to 20 gunshots as police officers battled the attackers around 7 a.m., while people at morning prayers tried to take cover. Rabbi Shmuel Pinchas said of his 13-year-old grandson who praised the synagogue daily, he crouched under a chair. Blood spattered on him from the person who sat in front of him. He fainted. People were in the middle of prayer and people could not respond. There was nowhere to hide as the synagogue is closed on all sides. Tuesday's attack was the deadliest on Israeli civilians in more than three years and reminiscent of the 2008 killing of eight students in Merkaz Harav. In 2011, eight Israelis were killed and more than 30 wounded in attacks on buses near the southern resort city of Eilat. And five members of the Fogel family were stabbed to death inside their home in the West Bank settlement of Itamar. That is the uh, article from the New York Times that they posted online with the headline, Four Killed in Jerusalem Synagogue Complex. We're just waking up. The news is horrific. The photos are horrific. The uh, incident is uh, one of great tragedy. The enemy has acted again. And in this case, the enemy has taken four lives, including that of Rabbi Tversky that we mentioned from Yeshiva Tarad Moshe. His funeral is set to begin soon. And um, this attack is a is not only uh, horrific and, uh, and, and all the obvious implications are just uh, unfathomable. And the number of orphans left by this attack is uh, simply not to be believed. But this was known as a remote, isolated, peaceful area of Jerusalem. Harnof, and I'm sure so many people in this audience have been there. That is the way to describe it. Life there was never complicated by the desire of anybody to come in and start attacking Jews we always thought that those types of things were left for other areas, the center of Jerusalem and other landmark areas and quote-unquote disputed areas and all that. But this is a uh, this is a shock that's going to take a long time to recover from for everybody who's familiar with this neighborhood. J.M. in the A.M. at 20 minutes before 7 o'clock as we wake up to this news on a Tuesday morning broadcast, keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmnam.org.
JM in the AM. Uh, we continue with uh, what we're learning about the attack in Yerushalayim and Harnof. Eight attack victims remain hospitalized in Hadassah and Kerem. This comes from the Yeshiva world. And Shari Tzedek, three of the victims in Hadassah are listed in serious condition. The funerals of three of the victims will begin in front of the site of the attack. Kehilas B'nai Torah at 5, Rehov Agassi and Harnof. Again, a place very familiar to many people who listen to this show. And what makes it even more acute for those of us on this side of the world, and this this we have from a private source, is that um, all four people who were killed are either American or English citizens. Three United States citizens were killed in today's attack, and one from Great Britain was killed in today's attack. And the reason that I mention that and emphasize it so much, we have been extremely, legitimately critical of American officials for their lackadaisical response to terror attacks on Jews in Israel. This is something that began... And began it began a long time ago, but something that was acute during the um, kidnapping episode in June of this year. And we called on government officials in this country. We called on members of government in this country, especially from areas that represent many people in our community, we called on those government officials in this country who always claim to be the ones who stand up to defend and speak out for those in our community. We want them all to speak out today. In tough terms. And to express the anger that American citizens have for American citizens being brutally murdered in other parts of the world. We want them to express that anger to the world. Let's see if it happens. Will our government officials finally take on the role of doing what they say they do, representing us and being there when the Jewish community worldwide, and specifically when the Jewish community, including the Jewish community here in the New York, New Jersey area, is suffering from the news of this attack. Let's pay careful attention and see who, in fact, makes statements, comes out with outrage, and we will uh, monitor it accordingly to see if, in fact, the people, the government officials in this area who claim to be those who guard the interests of their constituents, in fact, do so. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Galit Sal in the background. Do our news from Israel. Again, we've learned that of the four people killed today, three of them are U.S. citizens. One is a citizen of Great Britain.
And that, that hopefully will add more outrage to world opinion. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast is next at JMNAM. Galaitzal, הותר לפרסום שמות של נרצח נוסף בפיגוע בבית הכנסת בשכונת הרנוף, אריה קופינסקי מירושלים. בשעה זו יוצא מסנהדריה, מסע הלווייתו של הרב משה טברסקי, ראש כולל תורת משה שנרצח בטבח. בשלוש יצאו מזירת הפיגוע ההלוויות של קופינסקי ושני הרוגים הנוספים ששמם עדיין לא נמסר. הלוויית שלושת הקדושים תצא בשעה שלוש המדרש קהילת בני תורה רחוב אגסי חמש משטרת ירושלים פרסמה בצהריים פרטים חדשים על חיסול המחבלים שביצעו את הפיגוע בבית הכנסת הבוקר, כתבנו יותם ברגר. בשבע בבוקר נכנסו שני המחבלים למתחם בית הכנסת, רצחו ארבעה מהמתפללים ופצעו שישה נוספים, בהם שלושה קשה. שלושה שוטרים שהיו באזור, בהם שני שוטרי תנועה ואיש המטה הארצי, הגיעו לזירה, ובינם לבין המחבלים התפתח קרב יריות. המחבלים פסעו שניים מהשוטרים, אחד באורח אנוש והשני באורח בינוני, לפני שחוסלו. בשכונת מגורי המחבלים, ג'בל מוקאבר, התפתחו עימותים עם המשטרה, תשעה נעצרו. שישה מפצועי הפיגוע עדיין מאושפזים בבתי החולים בירושלים. שניים מהם במצב אנוש, ושניים נוספים במצב קשה. מנהל בית החולים הדסה עין כרם, פרופסור יורם וייס, עדכן על מצבו של השוטר שהשתתף בקרב עם המחבלים ונפצע אנוש. השוטר נמצא במצב קשה מאוד. הייתי אומר שמצבו יוצב, אבל מצבו ממשיך להיות קשה מאוד. כל הפצועים סובלים מפגיעות בראש ומפגיעות נוספות באזור הגפיים והחזה. בניגוד לדברי ראש הממשלה ושר הביטחון, ראש השב"כ אומר היום, ההנהגה הפלסטינית לא מעודדת טרור. כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. בדיון בוועדת החוץ והביטחון של הכנסת אמר יורם כהן כי אבו מאזן אינו מעוניין בטרור ולא מוביל לטרור, לא בגלוי ולא מתחת לשולחן. עם זאת הוא הוסיף, חלק מהציבור מפרש את דבריו כקריאה לאלימות. כהן הפציר בחברי הכנסת להימנע מעלייה להר הבית ומקידום הצעות חוק שמטרתן שינוי הסטטוס קוו בהר, מפני שלדבריו... אסור להעמיד את הר הבית במוקד הסכסוך הישראלי-פלסטיני ובכך להעניק לסכסוך אופי דתי. השר לביטחון הפנים אהרונוביץ' אומר לגל"צ שהוחלט לתגבר את האבטחה סביב בתי כנסת בירושלים. לגבי בית כנסת בירושלים כבר נתנו הנחיות באמצעות המשמר האזרחי לשים מאבטח, מתנדב, שיהיה בכניסות, זה כבר ניתן, ההנחיה ניתנה לפני שעה. לגבי יתר המקומות אנחנו נמשיך בהערכות המצב אם יש ליתר המקומות. מעבר לזה, גם את נושא מתן ההקלות לנשק, התחום הזה נמצא באחריותי. אני כבר לפני כשעה ביקשתי להקל את מתן רישיונות הנשק. במקביל אהרונוביץ' והמפכ"ל דנינו הורו לגייס ארבעה פלוגות מילואים של מג"ב ולבטל את החופשות לכל השוטרים. השר נפתלי בנט התראיין לרשת BBC והציג תמונות מזירת הפיגוע. המראיינת קטעה את דבריו וביקשה שיוריד את הצילומים. השר לפיד כתב בפייסבוק שהפיגוע מחזיר אותנו למקומות גרועים ביותר של העם היהודי ואנחנו צריכים לנקוט באמצעים קשים יותר. את הבתים של המחבלים האלה צריך להרוס הלילה והמחבלים שיוצאים לפיגועים כאלה צריכים לדעת שהם לא יחזרו מהם בחיים. את העדכונים על הפיגוע בירושלים הביאו כתבינו הדס שטייף, ג'קי חוגי, אלדר גילרן ויערה שפירא. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
התוכנית בחסות בייס. Terror and corruption 
Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, I've become a one-issue guy at this point, and that is uh, how are the uh, American government officials, especially those who claim to always be there to speak out against terror and uh, against terror specifically against uh, United States citizens, because I remind you that three of the four people killed today in Harnof Yerushalayim at five Rehov Agassi in a synagogue that I've been in a million times. I remind you, three of those people are American citizens. Uh, the um, funerals for the um, three victims uh, in Harnov starts at 3 o'clock. And um, Rabbi Tversky's funeral, uh, Rabbi Tversky, of course, the fourth victim, um, is taking place now as we speak. 
in Yerushalayim. And, um, And again, the uh, we, we will pay careful attention, very close attention, to see how the government officials, especially those in this area, who always claim to not only care about what's going on, but who always claim to defend and speak out uh, for Jews who are uh, victims of terror. And in this case, as I said, three American citizens, I'm sure... Uh, some, if not all of them, with with ties to this area of the U.S. So let's see how the government officials here respond to all this. It is a uh, a terrorist attack that, in 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 the description of it, is being compared to the um, to the Merkaz Harav terror attack in Yerushalayim uh, six and a half years ago, and that is. Um, I think one of one of the reasons why people have reacted the way they have to this one, uh, the um, the method of brutality, where it took place in an isolated area where you would not expect a terror attack to take place, uh, not the center of town, not in an area that is unfortunately uh, numb to these things already. Uh, Harnof is a neighborhood in northwest Jerusalem that is somewhat isolated. Uh, it's not the type of place that has security guards uh, in their synagogues. Um, very quiet area. A lot of people. Uh, th- probably one of the last places in the city of Jerusalem that you'd ever expect something like this to happen. And these two, uh, these two enemies, these two enemies who are uh, e- either they themselves or relatives of those who were released in one of the prisoner exchanges, one of the uh, exchanges for. Um, uh, I, I should put it differently. Who who are are, are either themselves or um, are related to people who are beneficiaries of uh, prisoner releases? That's what I meant to say. Uh, they came in with a with a gun, with knives, with hatchets, and uh, in a period of what was described to me of six seven minutes, uh, continued to um, massacre people until police arrived on the scene and uh, were able to. To kill the two terrorists. That's what happened today in Yerushalayim. I have an email uh, box open right now uh, to a representative of one of our uh, United States senators. Um, I'll be, uh, I will be, and I hope everyone else in this audience will be vigilant in demanding that outrage be expressed, rightfully so. Again, not just uh, terror in Yerushalayim, but on top of that, terror in Yerushalayim that. Um, Involved three victims who are American citizens. Tuesday morning broadcast. It's JMAM at 17 minutes after 7 o'clock. More coming up. Only after the darkest time of night do we see the first glistening ray of light. The twilight at the end of day.
confusion. We will provide the solution. It's up to us, bringing happiness and freedom.
J.M. and the A.M. at 26 minutes after the hour, Tuesday morning, while Eli Beer, of course, uh, leads Hatzalah Israel. And uh, his volunteers were on the scene, as you can imagine, at uh, 5 Rehov Agassi in Harnof, a place very, very familiar to so many people in this audience. Uh, the massacre that occurred uh, this morning during Shacharis has claimed the lives of four people. There are people injured. And uh, anybody with uh, concern about what's happening in Israel is obviously very, very concerned about this situation. Ellie Beer, welcome back to JM in the AM. Um, thank you very much. What did your volunteers tell you? I mean, I know you've seen scenes like this before, unfortunately. What did they tell you about this morning's episode? Um, the volunteers uh, that responded, they came literally from a few buildings away, and we had a volunteer who was on the way to shul himself, to the same shul. Uh, he davens there every morning. And uh, he actually uh, got the call that we got in the United Hotel. We got the call in our dispatch. We didn't exactly know exactly in the beginning what it is. And uh, when he got there, he was the first one to announce it as a multi-casualty incident of a terrorist who's still there and shooting, and, and the other guy was holding a, a big knife and just slaughtering people. He saw the whole thing in front of his eyes. The... Um... We we know that everywhere and every landmark and every building, unfortunately, is a target. But there's something about the Harnof area of Israel, of Yerushalayim. Can you describe it for us? Uh, wouldn't you agree that it would be the last place that one would suspect an attack like this would take place? Look, no one expected, uh, you know, in middle of Shul, that a terrorist should just walk in there. These terrorists were, were apparently... Uh, uh, Israeli Arabs who work in a supermarket not far from there, and no one expected anything like this happening. In a shul during chakras, people wearing talis and tefillin, no one expected anything like this. You know, we don't have, we have security in every mall in Israel. We have security in, uh, in, uh, in everywhere you go, but no, no security in shuls. We have thousands of shuls every city in Yerushalayim. We have a few thousand shuls. No one expected the, you know, a terrorist going in there, two terrorists, one got shooting, another got slaughtering. This is like an event that's shocking everyone. Um, the thing that, the, it reminded everyone the massacre that happened in the, in the yeshiva in uh, America, the Rav, if you remember a couple of years back. Right. This is something that, you know, no one in a, in a normal mind could imagine anything like this happening. Most of the yeshivas, though, I think, um, as you just pointed out, have security guards. They always notice a remote possibility. Uh, a synagogue, especially in a neighborhood like Harnof, nobody ever expected it. No, Harnof is a quiet neighborhood. It's uh, uh, never had suffered from uh, terrorism. It's not in the center of Yerushalayim. Very, very quiet. Um, unfortunately, these terrorists knew exactly where the shul is. They knew where to come. They were familiar with the neighborhood. Um, when we, our volunteers arrived, we had dozens of volunteers who came right away. We had another paramedic, Yankee Ehrlich, who's an amazing paramedic. He saves lives in Arno for many, many, many years, and he's a professional paramedic. He was there, and he didn't know the terrorists were still there while he was there. You know, in other places, when we have terror attacks, we, we force our volunteers to come and protect it with a bulletproof vest and a helmet in case they have anything. He didn't know. He ran inside. When they said people are hurt, he didn't exactly know what it was said in the beginning what's going on. And he saw this 
these people with the Talasin laying on the floor, and he ran to one of these people to start treating them. He took out his intubation equipment, the oxygen and everything. While he's, like, starting to work on, on these people, he, um, he sees the terrorists right in front of his eyes. Terrorists start shooting towards him. He jumps above a table to hide, slipped on blood on the floor and hurt and broke his leg. He was seriously, he, was, he couldn't move, but he knew that if he doesn't run away, he's going to die himself. Finally, he was able to jump a couple of steps down and hide. And now he's going through surgery in, uh, in the hospital right now, in this moment. Ellie Beer is with us. Funerals taking place in Israel. Ellie, of course, uh, uh, United Hatzalah of Israel. They're on the scene at all these events. Um, you know, we sit on this side of the world and we ask, you know, what's going to be? And you, of course, are right in the middle and center of everything. Uh, what's been happening the last few weeks, and you've responded to uh, to episodes that have been very high profile, the light rail attacks, of course, and your volunteers were on the spot in the gush, and we see people getting run over by cars. Uh, how would you describe the, the tension and fear in the holy city right now? Um, how do, how do we, um, what we do is, uh, the people now are ready to see anything. You know, they've seen last few weeks terrible things, and now the volunteers are more prepared like years ago, in ancient father days. That's what the volunteers right now, they feel. Every moment something like this can happen and see terrible things and meet people they know. Unfortunately, a lot of the volunteers who treated the people knew the people that were treating. Yeah. And they knew the people that were killed. So um, it was something that we uh, we didn't, you know, usually we don't expect to meet people who are, who are killed, and we know them. You know, usually we treat 650 people every day. Very rarely we treat people that we personally know because we, it's randomly, you know. We, yeah. we get to the volunteers and we connect them by GPS so they... they they could be anywhere in the country and get a call if they are closer. This emergency happened you know, very early in the morning where people were around the block of their, you know, where they live. So they met, they met the people that they knew that were murdered right there. And as you said, some even walked in on the terror attack themselves. Ellie Beer with us. Um, you, you just said something very uh, noteworthy, the... The comparison of the fear, the tension, the terror, uh, essentially is back to the Intifada days. We remember days when we would wake up here on this side of the world and hear of bus bombings and attacks of that magnitude. The attacks may be somewhat different in the way they're carried out these days, but the, the fear and the tension are likely just like, uh, during the period of Intifada. That would be accurate, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the days of Intifada were, Horrific days for for every one of us. We never knew. You know, we didn't let our kids go to shopping or or to uh, the mall or anywhere. It was very very difficult to live in a very uh, scary situation. Where you never knew who was going to be the next one. And uh, we feel like it's coming again. We feel like uh, this time it's not the Palestinians who are living over the Green Line. It's actually the Israeli Arabs are living in Israel, and they are the biggest threat now. And and that's something that we we're dealing with a situation where, you know, all these people are all around, 
and they are. And who do we know, you know, what's going on? It's something that we never had before. They are legally hanging around Jewish neighborhoods every single day. Yes, yes. And, you know, a lot of them are very good, you know, just regular people. But who do you know who's, who's a, you know, you don't know anymore. You, you can go in a, see a person coming into a store. You think he's going to work there and maybe he has a job there. And all of a sudden, uh, you end up uh, facing him with a gun. And this is something so... We are in a very, very, you know, difficult situation now. Our volunteers, we have in your line, we have 450 volunteers. All around the country, we have 2,500 volunteers in the United States. And every single one of them is thinking, and we are, we are thinking of new ways of how to deal with this situation, which we're not clear with it yet. We're, we're having meetings this week with this, you know, Israeli uh, security forces and Maybe equipping our volunteers with some kind of a protection. Uh, some some volunteers carry on their weapons. Maybe have more volunteers carry weapons. We we are there to save lives, and now we have to protect ourselves. And and since we're there so quick, and we saw this in the the event in uh, with the tractor attack, and we saw this in the in the running over the cars that run over people. We sometimes we get there, the other terrorists are still there. And how do we deal? What do we do? For safety comes first. What do we do? How do we deal with the situation? We have people laying there and bleeding to death while the terrorists go there. And we're not we're not used to dealing with terrorists. We're used to saving lives. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, your relationship with uh, Israeli security, Israeli government officials, is a very good one. And I'm not looking for you to criticize. Excuse me, not looking for you to criticize either of them. But uh, you have to wonder whether security officials and government officials at this point can control this situation. Is it getting to a point where people are losing faith that local officials are unable to uh, to put these terrorists down and stop these types of activities? Look, I'm, I'm sure that they all do very, very, you know, everything they could do to stop this thing. No one is just laying down and saying, okay, we're not doing anything. We have we have an uh, administration in Israel is focused on security more than anything else. Now, yes, I do have criticism as a citizen of Israel. I live in Israel my whole life, and I have five children who live there. My wife lives there. We, we, my whole family's there. My mother's there. And I'm worried. My kids didn't want to go to school today after this incident. They didn't want to go. They said we're scared to go to school. And and I think that the government is not doing enough, but they're doing a lot, and they're not doing enough as a citizen, I'm saying this. And as a fellow volunteer that there for many, many years, I know that we had problems with terrorists coming into Israel from over the green line, and they finally did something to stop it, and today no one could, almost no one could cross the green line, and we still have problems. But what do we do with the people living within us who are problematic? And why do they release people that have problems? And they have some kind of blood on their hands, and they just release them after a couple of years. Yep. And these people are, are, it's like having a drunk driver back on the street with, with alcohol. So if you don't stop that, or, or a sex criminal who is walking around on the street, and you could, any second, he could do again, he could do these things. A lot of these people, like these terrorists today, and they come from families who, who, who are drinking and eating terrorism for years, and they were in jail for, for a while, and they were released. And, uh, and, or their brothers, or, you know, so how do we, how do we let these people just walk around the streets? So this terrorist who was working in the, 
in the tractor company and had other problems years before, and then he's back to his job, or a bus driver, or a car, you know? I had a, I had ideas that I gave uh, the government a couple of weeks ago after this event with the, with the driver who drove over people. How do we stop that? So to get, a, to get a weapon in Israel, to get a license for a gun, you need to go through a long bureaucracy to get that, you know, permit. Mm-hmm. So no one who has any kind of a security situation, problem, history, could not ever get a license but to, to carry a weapon. But to, ca- to drive a bus or to drive a tractor or to drive a car, yes, if you're a good driver, you could just get it. Why don't they check the criminal and uh, uh, the, you know, all these history of these people when it comes to security of Israel? Why don't they check a big background and say anyone that has any problem Whoever threw a stone in a car, whoever was a threat to Israel in any way, how could they give these people permits to drive cars or buses? And anyone that should have a problem, and I said to them, there should be a law in Israel. Anyone that has a problem, whoever drove, whoever once ever got into some kind of national security of Israel, should never be um, allowed to drive any type of vehicle because that's a weapon, even worse than a gun. Yeah. And all these things are, you know, people have to think, they have to stop thinking politically correct. We have to, to think about our children and, and our, our families before they're politically correct. No, some of those ideas seem impractical, but as you just mentioned, they have to become practical. They have to become implemented. 100%. And this is something that's going to happen all over Europe and America if this is not going to be stopped very soon in Israel. Israel has to be the first ones to be, yes, aggressive about people who are driving the school buses, our children, and the tractors, and, and everything else. And we have to make sure that these people, they have a lot of them who are, are very good people. I'm not criticizing the whole community. They have a lot of good Arabs in Israel who are good people, who are surgeons in hospitals, and the people who are good people who are doing great, and they want to be good citizens. But the other ones who are rotten eggs should be taken care of immediately, and that should be, okay, they pay the price for a year, they set a jail, and then back into the they could do everything else. They should be, these people should be watched over 24 hours a day, and they should, they should not all be allowed to do many things that could be a threat to the country. Ellie Beer leads United Hatzalah of Israel, IsraelRescue.org. And as you heard, his volunteers, as we often say about, uh, about rescue workers in this country, his volunteers ran in to the terror attack and uh, started treating people even as the attack was going on this morning. Our condolences, of course, to all the families as the funerals take place as we speak. Ellie, continue your amazing work, and we should share really good news in the very near future. Amen, and I hope uh, Hashem should give you a show for the 26 orphans that were left, and many people were hurt. Yeah. We pray for this speedy recovery, and as Ellie just mentioned, the, uh, the count, which I'm assuming is accurate, is that 26 orphans are left behind from this morning's attack from the four Mispalim, the four shulgoers, who were either gunned down or hatcheted, massacred to death this morning at 5 Rehov Agassi uh, at Congregation B'nai Torah, um, where funerals are taking place as we speak, uh, in the Harnof neighborhood of Yerushalayim. J.M. and A.M. at 19 minutes. Before eight o'clock, uh, way behind schedule for Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words: "Echanishmaser of Zev and Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. The great Goyen Rabbi Chanan Wasserman once said, 
We need to understand the world of Hashem. Why the Brios, the creations, are so afraid from the happenings of the world and why it is that the general state of the economy is in the shape that it is. In order to answer this, the great Rebbe Chonon said, we need to understand what is missing in the world. Of course, there is plenty of food. Of course, there are plenty of crops. There are places in which they destroy crops. They burn them in order not to have too much of an abundance that the prices should stay up. There is also plenty of money in the world, silver and gold. There are banks that have storehouses that are full of money. If so, there is crops, there is mazonos, there is money, there is plenty of everything. Why then should there be famine? Why should there be a downward spiral in the economy? For these questions, the answer is one. Hashem pays back to all of the creations, midah keneged midah, one turn for another. Since people sometimes lose their amuna, they lose their faith in Hashem, so Hashem takes from them their faith. Where is faith and trust among men? We have seen nations that were powerful for many years, and then all of a sudden, allies turn into enemies, enemies turn into allies. Since the world, its credit, its security and safety, is dependent upon this trust, loyalty, or credit, once that is taken away, then everything is on shaky ground. Rabbi Chonin says, The lack of faith is the source of all evil in the world. When we return to Hashem, in complete repentance, then the world will return to some state of normalcy. The Amuna that people have between friends, between nations, and then a person will not have to live in fear. Tshuva Shlema, complete repentance, is the answer to our problems. Today, as we hear minute-by-minute reports of the matzav, the situation in our Holy Land, Eretz Yisrael, each one of us wants to know what should we be doing, how can we lend a hand, how can we show our support. The answer is, of course, Davin, give Tzedaka, help in any way that we possibly can, back up the troops. But the main idea that each one of us should take deep into our heart is Tshuva Shalema. How do I repent? How do I come closer to Hashem? This will no doubt help the entire Matzav that we should see peace and tranquility for all of those that dwell in the Holy Land and throughout the world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day in Besuros Tavos. JM and the AM, thank you Rabbi Goldwasser. I want to thank Ellie Beer who was with us a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, United Hatzalah of Israel. Uh, so full disclosure, one of the reasons that this uh, terror attack, I mean, it has been compared in terms of its uh, impact to the um, Merkaz Harav attack and we know uh, what the world Jewish reaction was and how the heart of the Jewish people was so devastated during that attack in 2008. And this is being compared to that terrorist walking into a shul and and uh, starting to shoot and hatchet uh, people to death. Um, but full disclosure, as I mentioned uh, earlier on the air, it's a shul that I've been to uh, many, many times. 
uh, Yigal Siegel, who uh, you, of course, know from this radio program, is in, is in Israel, and he lived for a long time at six Rehov Agassi, the synagogue at five Rehov Agassi, right across the street from where he lived. So he was there, of course, uh, many, many times, and and we as um, family members uh, visited that shul uh, countless times as well. He is there right now at the site of the funeral. Um, no way to describe this shock, Eagle, especially for someone like yourself who's very familiar with the area and with the shul itself, and of course very familiar with the people who were murdered earlier today. Uh, there's really no words. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an area, as you know very well, Harnof is an area which uh, does not have a lot of security, never felt the need for a lot of security because of where it's located in Yerushalayim. <sighs> away from East Jerusalem, away from the, the quote-unquote Arab, Arab population. And um, obviously it's close to home in a lot of different ways, all all four of the people who were killed were people that uh, we knew, whether, you know, by sight from shul every day. This is a shul that I dabbed in pretty much every day. And um, I can tell you that uh, I knew three of the people who were killed um, in different ways very well. One was my neighbor in my building. Um, one was a very close friend of, uh, of ours. Uh, they, were, they were all in their own right very, very very, very good people, Sadiqin. It's, it's just, uh, and they, they were killed as they were davening. They were davening, you know, just like everyone goes to shul every morning. It's, it's impossible to imagine. I'm standing right outside the shul now. I'm looking at the shul as I speak to you, and I, I still can't imagine, um, this quiet, you know, this quiet neighborhood without any problems. I can't imagine something like this, this horrific thing happening. Heard earlier from Ellie Beer, spoke about the, Comparisons with the times of the Intifada, of course, that was before you were living in Israel, so this might be something new for you in terms of the fear, the tension, the the unknown, now knowing that this could happen anywhere. Uh, Can you describe the feelings over the last couple of weeks as these attacks have been escalating in Jerusalem? Well, actually, uh, if you remember, now, we, we did live in Israel. Oh, that's here. right. That's right. You were there actually that year at the height of it. Right. We we came to Israel for a year, right. for a sabbatical year for us uh, in August of the 2000, and we were here, you know, when it started. Right. Um, if you remember, uh, you know, that feeling of not being safe is something which uh, you know it permeates us. I mean, it, it's it's fascinating to me as someone who lives right next to Mahanehuda in the Chalot now for the last six years, um, who always feels a little uncomfortable walking into the Shuk because of the population there of, uh, of people who do carry, you know, citizenship cards like we do and then like the terrorists do today um, in such great numbers. And, you know, especially in that, in, that, in that year of the Intifada when we were here, there was obviously tremendous uh, amounts of... Uh, of occurrences around that area, and in Harnof, we always felt that sense of a little, you know, safety. I think uh, you remember that. Uh, yeah, the isolation. The exactly, and I think you know this is calculated. You know, one of the people on the on the news this morning said very, very, very simply, this was a calculated move by Hamas, by the terrorists, whoever did it, to to create this feeling of 
of, of, of just not being safe, you know, the feeling of anywhere we are. I mean, you know, we've experienced it so much over the last few weeks on the trains and standing at train stops. And for those of us living here in your line, the train has become part of our lives, especially for us who live in the middle of the city who use it so much for transportation. And, and now coming to Harnof to an area which, again, never, ever experienced something like this is just, uh, it's just unbelievable. And it's, uh, it's a game changer. It really changes What's going to happen? I, I I don't know in terms of security in shuls and outlying areas and and in 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 the in the, in the city outside the city. I, I just don't know how it's going to change our lives. This is what they try and do. They try and make us terrified. They they make us terrified. That's, can, what, that's what their whole purpose is. Can you think of? I'm not talking about the great synagogue, obviously, but can you think of any average shul that does have security? I can't even think of a casual shul I've been to in Yerushalayim that has any type of security. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, again, uh, like you mentioned, the Great Synagogue, El Shlomo, of course, right. you know, major, major uh, centers of activity, davening, and other things. Um, I don't even think Yeshurun, which is in that area, I don't remember them having any type of security in going there. I, Like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, you know, with just, uh, you know, <sighs> The the horrible thing that happened here is going to have a tremendous amount of impact on, on how we lead our daily lives here in Yerushalayim. No question about it. Yeah. The uh, sanctity of the shul, the, uh, I don't know, the, everyone's impression that in the shul they're going to be safe and uh, and secure, and then this goes ahead and we see what the enemy does. Uh, the funerals, I assume, are set to begin very shortly, right? Yeah, now from this million of people... This is the you know, a relatively early minion. I believe they start at 6:30 every day, and it's known for having you know really special people there. And and the the, the rumor is, and again, I can't confirm anything, that they were in the middle of Shmonesri when these guys came in. These guys knew to wait and to you know to to attack at the at the at the time that would have the most impact in terms of uh, in terms of who was davening there and. It, it, it's just it, 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 words can't describe the feeling here. I mean, I speak to people that I used to be neighbors with here in the area, and it's just it's it's uh, you know, everyone is speechless. Everyone doesn't know what to say. Everyone has been impacted by this. Oh, unbelievable! The funerals, I assume, are beginning shortly. There. Yeah, they're they're starting uh, in around ten minutes. Uh, the idea is to try and, and finish the kuras at uh, the, the burials at Haram Nukhob before sunset. And uh, I can see the uh, the the volunteers from uh, from Hatsawa and from uh, from Magen Tavila Dome from Harnof uh, that's gathering around to, to start with crowd control. Already the crowd is gathering here. It's a, it's a very painful day. It's a very, very painful day. I, I, you know, I knew all, I knew three of these people very well now. And I can tell you, in each in his own way, was, was a tremendously righteous tzaddik. And in, in different ways. And, uh, it, it just, uh, it's very, very difficult to, to imagine that they're not here anymore. It's crazy. Miguel Siegel at the site of the funeral on Rehova Gassi in Harnof. Uh, you've confirmed that three of the victims are American citizens. Right, that we know for sure, right? That what? I'm sorry, three for, of the four what? Or American citizens. Three of the four were definitely American citizens, and um, 
fourth was uh, a British citizen from from Nova Lina. And the reason I emphasize this in the limited role that we could have in this whole episode is that uh, we are demanding, of course, that the United States government officials who've proven time and time again that they never react properly or strongly enough, especially those United States government officials that always seem to uh, indicate that they are there to defend uh, the Jewish community, to defend Jewish victims. Uh, we are calling on them, especially in light of the fact that three of the four victims are American citizens, to come out strongly uh, with great condemnation and with demands that the terror end and that the terror end now. Egal, I thank you for joining us. We'll speak on better occasions, please, God. Thank you, Matthew. Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Our condolences to the um, Tversky, Kapinski, Goldberg, and Levine families. Funerals have uh, begun on Rechov Agassi and Harnof. Congation B'nai Torah was the site of the massacre today. Massacre. Remember when we when we grew up and we associated the word massacre with attacks of yesteryear? Thinking back to, I don't know, 50 years before, 100 years before, 1,000 years before, massacres. Massacres of Jews. Well, now we're living through massacres of Jews, and some of us don't even realize it. Some of us don't realize it. Some of us don't realize how other countries and security forces would react if massacres were happening on a regular basis in their own country. I wonder how United States government officials would react if United States citizens were massacred in other countries. Oh, wait, we know how United States government officials react when United States citizens are massacred in other countries. Maybe we can get them to at least have the same type of reaction when United States citizens are massacred in Israel. Today will be a test. In fact, I've already sent out a quote-unquote test balloon because I've been in touch by email with the office of a prominent United States senator from this area uh, to see um, and to remind them so they don't be so they're not accused of being blindsided this time around. Uh, to remind them that uh, statements must be made and demands on both the Israeli government and the United States government have to be made in light of the um, massacre today. And of course, most importantly, if we're going to start making demands, demands of the PA and its leadership and those responsible in the PA and Hamas and all its affiliates for the incitement that leads to people walking into shuls to kill people during Shmon Esrei, uh, those statements have to be made as well. Let's see how the United States government officials react to citizens of the U.S. being massacred in a synagogue in northwest Jerusalem. We'll keep a close eye on it, I can tell you that much. And as usual, these airwaves are open for any United States government official who would like to come on and make their feelings known and reassure the community the Jewish community, which is such a prominent one, especially in this area of the United States, that all is being done to help protect our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land and to help protect Jews around the world. It's a Tuesday morning broadcast, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Sometimes it makes me sad, but sometimes it makes me happy. Israel has no friends in the world. The Holy Land, the only people of Israel are all alone. But you know what we have?
J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday morning, the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach, of course. News from Israel is uh, shocking if you've just uh, tuned in or just happened to uh, miss the news over the last couple hours since you've woken up. Uh, a massacre in Yerushalayim at the Karangation B'nai Torah at 5 Rehov Agassi in the Harnof section of Jerusalem. A section we know very well. Uh, four victims... The funerals uh, taking place as we speak. Rabbi Moshe Tversky, the grandson of the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, is among the victims. Rosh Kolo at Yeshiva Torah Moshe. Everyone has their unique way of uh, responding to the event. There are already people online who are who are sending shiurim. Of Rav Soloveitchik on the subject of prayer around to different, uh, email lists since, of course, his grandson was killed while praying. And the others are actually circulating some of the shirm of Rav Moshe Tversky himself posted on the Yeshiva's website. A lot of people in a tremendous shock as the, um, Word of the massacre continues to spread and details continue to emerge. Seems that these two Arab terrorists were Arab Israelis who were legally uh, in the Harnof area and had worked there in Harnof and knew, according to the Word that's spreading knew exactly when to walk into the shul and when to strike, when to attack. They did so with a, a gun and knives and machetes. As we heard from Ellie Beer from uh, Hatzalah earlier, his volunteers literally responded as the terror attack was still going on, without them realizing at the beginning it was still going on. The terrorists were killed by police. I, I saw online that... Uh, one of the people that was in surgery, injured in the attack, is now out of surgery, thank God. 26 orphans are left from the four families who were victims of uh, of this murder, of this massacre, of this terror attack in shul. What will the future of the thousands and thousands of shuls in Yerushalayim and of the cities of Israel be like? Regular shuls in Israel, not those that are landmarks, but regular shuls in Israel traditionally do not have security guards. Just like the restaurant world in Jerusalem had to adjust to a new reality, and if you wanted to open a restaurant, you had to know that the security would be necessary. Now is every single shul and shtibel and gathering place of any note in Jerusalem and other cities going to require security? Is that what's going to happen? 
Is this how Israel is going to respond? By putting up barriers at the light rail stations? By adding security guards to synagogues? By putting in more doors with buzzers everywhere you want to walk into in the holy city? Is that how, is that what's going to happen? Is that what type of response is going to continue? I have been um, in touch by email with some of the public officials, United States government officials in this area, especially those who always remind us how they are committed to the Jewish community worldwide, especially its American citizens. I've been in touch to remind them that three of the victims of this massacre are in fact American citizens with ties to this area. And it would be, um, it would be nice if those government officials would express outrage and demand that everybody involved, especially those responsible for the incitement and for those responsible for planning these types of attacks, whether it be the PA, Hamas, etc., etc., they would be right to express their outrage and to demand that if they want to be <coughs> citizens of the world and if they want to be peace partners, if they want to be involved in regular diplomatic relationships, then this type of activity has to stop immediately. It would be nice if United States public officials, especially in light of the fact that American citizens were murdered this morning in Jerusalem, would respond like that. Let's pay careful attention to everybody, members of the United States Senate, members of the United States House of Representatives, other government officials, especially those from this area, where the Jewish population tends to be larger and where Israel seems to be a bigger issue than other areas of the country, let us see how they respond. Let us see if they say anything. We'll start with that. And let us hold their feet to the fire and demand that they respond, demand they speak out, demand they make statements and say something of substance. And as I offered uh, more than one public official, anybody who would like to uh, make those statements here are invited to do so. Give them an opportunity to uh, speak to an audience that cares about Israel and wants to see immediate change in the way that uh, Jews are being targeted and treated in the holy city of Jerusalem over the last few weeks. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Reminder, uh, community calendar reminder, the um, Stay Road dinner is tomorrow night. Uh, yet another response to the uh, to the rockets and the terror. We get together on behalf of uh, Stay Road tomorrow evening. And I wanted to mention that tomorrow night, especially in light of these circumstances, it's uh, even more poignant. The father of uh, Ayal Yifrach, Ori Yifrach, is going to be the guest speaker tomorrow night at the Stay Road dinner. They're still taking your reservations. You can give them a call at um, 718-673-4945. The dinner is in New Jersey tomorrow evening. Go to stayroad.org for information. And as I said, the father of uh, Ayal Yifrach, one of the kidnapped boys, one of the murdered boys from this past summer, Ori Yifrach is going to be the guest speaker tomorrow evening. I am sure it's going to be a very touching presentation that's for sure
More coming up at JM in the AM. As we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Tuesday morning, thinking about uh, what's going on now in Jerusalem with the funerals taking place after the most recent massacre of our people, this time at the uh, Congregation B'nai Torah and Rehov Agassi and Harnof in the northwestern area of Jerusalem. Our hearts and thoughts with the uh, spouses and the children of the four families, wishing a speedy recovery to those who are injured in the attack. I don't want to be accused of, um, God forbid, insulting any type of uh, leader, especially rabbinic leaders uh, in our community. This is not being mentioned for that purpose, but sometimes through through an absurdity, we uh, we are able to make a point. And one of our listeners points out that there is a... Uh, there's a movement to um, curtail visits to Harabite, visits to the Temple Mount. Again, not a as we always say as a preamble to all of this, we're not discussing this halakhically. Uh, we're discussing this uh, politically, and we are assuming that those who um, are halakhic uh, followers obviously go within the... Um, Within the boundaries that they're allowed to, etc., etc. It's not the point. But someone asks in, a, in an absurd, in an absurd fashion, those who are calling on a retreat from Harabayit so as not to anger the Arabs and incite violence. This listener asks, "Should we now stop going to shul? Would that be a proper response to Arabs attacking people and massacring them in synagogue?" at the 630 Minion on Rehov Agassi and Harnof. Again, no disrespect to anybody, just making a point from, uh, obviously, uh, an, an absurd proposal. But uh, it certainly makes you think. It certainly makes you think. Um, today at 12.30, today at 12.30, Rabbi Avi Weiss will lead a protest memorial at the PLO Mission. 65th and Park in New York City in response to the massacre in Jerusalem this morning. The murders came immediately 
After intense incitement in Palestinian media against Israelis as killers of Palestinians and desecrators of the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. Today, the protest memorial will be led by Rabbi Avi Weiss starting at 12.30 today at the PLO Mission to the UN, 65th and Park in New York City in response to the massacre in Jerusalem this morning. Let me repeat the information again. I would hope that it will, it will motivate some of our listeners to go and participate in this protest memorial. 12.30 today, five hours from now at the PLO Mission, excuse me, four hours from now at the PLO Mission to the United Nations, 65th Street and Park Avenue in New York City. Please try your best to be there. Many comments coming in. One of the uh, one of our friends on our uh, NSN app says, "Thank you for playing Achenu. We sang this every morning before Shir at Sheirim on Rehov Agassi with an amazing Rebetzin." A lot of reaction to the music that we're playing this morning here at JM in the AM, and I thank you for that. A listener in Harnof writes as follows. I enjoy your show. Coming from the States and living in Harnof, I feel you're my connection to the Jewish news. Harnof has an ambulance with 30 medics and four paramedics. We are called Hachovesh Harnof. We are Harnof. Please mention it. Our ambulance was, of course, first on the scene. Uh, one of our paramedics, and Ellie Beer mentioned this earlier, one of our paramedics broke an ankle while running to the scene. Continue your good work. Thank you for that. Protest memorial takes place at the PLO Mission, 65th and Park, at 12.30 today. Please make it your business to be there and participate. It will be led, of course, by Avi Weiss. Those of you just waking up to the news, there's been a terrorist slaughter in a Harnof synagogue this morning. Rabbi Avraham Shmuel Goldberg, Rabbi Kalman Zev Levine, Rabbi Aryeh Kopinski, Rabbi Moshe Tversky, um, son of Rabbi Tversky of Boston and grandson of the Rav Harav Soloveitchik, all murdered today during Shacharis at Congregation B'nai Torah, Rehov Agassi in Harnof, the northwest neighborhood of Jerusalem, which is known as a quiet, isolated, calm region of the holy city. And in this case, this morning, it was anything but all of that. Two Arab terrorists um, went on a rampage with a, um, a gun, knives and hatchets, a murderous spree. Four are dead. The terrorists were taken out by Israeli police not soon enough, unfortunately. Eight victims remain hospitalized. We pray for their speedy recovery. The Leviahs, the funerals are taking place as we speak. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
Understand the uh, the sound bite that they. I was wondering why the seven o'clock news or the two p.m. Israel news that we played earlier, why they had a quote from Naftali Bennett talking about the uh, the Jews who would not come home from shul uh, this morning. Now I understand what was going on. He was on the BBC television and showed a photo, a graphic photo of one of the victims lying in a pool of blood in the shul this morning in Harnof. And the announcer, the interviewer, said, please don't show that picture. Please don't show that picture. We don't want to show it. And that, and that is why that clip, um, became so prominent because, not because he was stating the obvious that people this morning who went to Davin won't be coming home, but because, uh, he was trying to show a photo 
to the world through the BBC of what a victim of this Arab massacre looks like, and they refuse to allow him to show it on television on their airwaves. 16 minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM and the AM on this Tuesday, coming up at 9. Ellie Hagler and the OU Jewish Reaction Show. That was the, it's part two of his pre-recorded special on the uh, situation with singles in our community. That will air as scheduled coming up between 9 and 10 this morning on jmandtheam.org. So you'll hear that uh, coming up between 9 and 10 o'clock. Uh, that is part two of a very interesting series, a two-part series that he prepared last week, on, or actually a couple of weeks ago, on the subject of the singles situation in our community. So that is going to be uh, um, and that is going to be uh, on as scheduled, and then we'll continue with our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. There'll be a Tuesday live lunch, which ZK is going to be hosting starting at 11 o'clock this morning Eastern time here at jmtheam.org. We continue with the great Rup Shlomo Kalbach. People ask what they can do. A lot of people ask, uh, you know, what what role can they play, especially from so far away. Uh, there's a protest today. There's a protest today that we're encouraging uh, everyone to go to. It's happening at 65th Street and Park Avenue in New York City, or by Avi Weiss 
uh, Rage, the Russian American Jewish Experience, and a number of other Jewish organizations uh, will be together today outside the Palestinian mission to the UN, located at 115 East 65th between Park and Lexington, following today's massacre. Rabbi Weiss said this act of terror against Jews who went to a synagogue for morning prayer is despicable, and the world must stand against the incitement of the president of the PA, Abu Mazen, whose words have led to terror. Jewish blood is not cheap. Those gathered will be holding Israeli and American flags and hold afternoon prayer services in solidarity with their brethren who were murdered in Jerusalem during morning prayers. Uh, I remind you, three of the people murdered today in this massacre are American citizens. Uh, we anxiously await. We are giving an opportunity, giving a chance, but we are anxiously awaiting uh, to see how United States officials react to this massacre in Jerusalem. We are anxiously awaiting to see how they react to this massacre in Jerusalem. Again, keeping in mind that three of the victims are American citizens, one a British citizen, and we'd like to see how the government officials, especially the ones in this area, react to this, what demands they make of the PA, what demands uh, they make of American officials in terms of cracking down on the PA. We anxiously await, and uh, once we get word, we will certainly let you know about it right here at JM in the AM. Tuesday morning at 10 minutes before 9 o'clock.
Thoughts with the widows and orphans who are uh, left in Harnofi Yerushalayim after this morning's massacre. Because Jews wanted to go to Shul and Davin. Uh, and um, Arab terrorists, with the encouragement of many in their community, don't want to say everybody, God forbid, but certainly with the encouragement of many and many of their leaders, uh, went and uh, conducted a massacre of Jews that resulted in four funerals taking place as we speak. I can think of no other way to close out this program. We may have uh, played it multiple times this morning, but I can't think of another way. Uh, don't forget uh, the protest rally, including Mincha at the PLO Mission 65th and Park at 1230 today. 1230, 65th and Park. Do your best to be there.
couldn't think of a better way to wrap up today's show, unfortunately, than with that uh, anthem of brotherhood, Achenu. Achenu Bishon, Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. As four victims of the massacre in Harnof are being laid to rest, we wrap up things here at JMNAM and remind everybody that the protest rally, including Mincha, appropriately enough, since everybody this morning who was murdered was murdered in the middle of uh, prayer service, uh, takes place today at 65th Street and Park Avenue in New York City. That's 65th and Park in New York City starting at 12.30 today. Ellie Hagler next with part two of his series that he uh, did a couple of weeks back on the subject of the um, Shidduch situation in our community. He will conduct that uh, part two of the program coming up next at jmnam.org. Live lunch with ZK starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.